Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Senior Director of External Communications at Zebra Technologies. And back with me today is James Morley-Smith, Zebra's Senior Director of User Experience, Innovation, and Design for all of Zebra's products and solutions. Thanks for being here, James. You're welcome, Therese. It's great to be back. Very much, very much great to be with you today. It's been a couple of years since you and I sat down for a Your Edge podcast discussion. And back then we were talking about the inner workings of technology product design. In fact, the last time we chatted, it was specifically about your TED talk on situational disability and how impairments can be an advantage in life. What have you been up to since then? Yeah, it's been, a, I can't believe it's three years since that TED talk. Um, but uh, it's been exciting times though, right? I mean, pandemic aside, uh, we've had many acquisitions and, um, and my team has been uh, closely involved with every single one of those, which has been great, um, especially the Reflexis acquisition, which has really pushed our team into a different, different direction to what we're normally used to doing. We don't normally design for um, customers end users, but this has given us that opportunity to flex those muscles. And uh, and that's been really exciting. I bet. Over the past few years, I've been hearing more about this shift in how hardware, software, and solutions are being architected, especially for the enterprise and industrial markets. Some might call it the consumerization of enterprise technology design. Others say it's a transition in thinking with more subjective criteria used in design decisions. Can you tell us what's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> the um, again, thinking about how quick time passes, it's 15 years now since the iPhone was first released. Mm -hmm. And um, that, I think, is a pivotal moment in how people perceive uh, user experience specifically. Um, and so, over those 15 years, people's expectations of solutions have, have changed, especially within the enterprise world, when we're so used to using your really well-designed and uh, um, optimized solutions in our, in our consumer life, that we have those expectations in the enterprise. And um, yeah, that's not just focused on mobile devices, that also, is in all aspects, whether that's, you know, I don't know, our desktop computers, um, the hardware we use, you know, even down to the consumer products like our, our TVs or our washing machines, you know, that all seem to have some kind of productivity aspect to them to improve our lives. So those expectations have changed. And, you know, they are influencing the enterprise world more than people realize. Um, that real-time aspect of life now. You know, um, 15 years ago, you couldn't just stream a Netflix video um, or, you know, Spotify wasn't able to download your music as quickly you know, as it does today. Um, and that changes people's perspectives on, on what they take from the tools they use at work. Yeah, even down to, even down to banking and simple things, act, transactions like that on a daily basis that we do, the access that we have to um, trending reports on our spending and all things like that, um, just adjusts how we perceive solutions all round, and that is in cha that's changing the engagement model that companies have with their users. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Would you say consumer product design is influencing all enterprise product design decisions or just those pertaining to aesthetics? No, it's um, it, it it definitely is more than aesthetics. It's the workflow, you know, and, and that real time aspect I mentioned, you know, that yeah. that is that is influencing um, design decisions beyond a specific tool. It's into you know making sure you know, we now have to make sure that we are we are really attuned to the to the full workflow of um, of applications and 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 customers operations in general. Because um, that gives us an opportunity potentially, you know, if we notice that we can um, affect a, a workflow by maybe bringing some data to a, um, a user's consciousness uh, at a particular moment, you know, that might change a decision they make or might influence their next steps. Um, yeah, that's a that's an opportunity there, and. Um, and that all comes from expectations again, and also, also changing technology, obviously, and the capabilities of computing and uh, network connectivity and so on. Um, and again, you know, that's beyond just the software, that's in hardware as well. We now have to make sure that our devices are capable of um, alerting users uh, appropriately and in different environments that um, so that that real-time data can make their way to the user appropriately at the time that it's valuable to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As we talk about the shift away from utility-led design, do you see that as a good thing or could it compromise the performance and quality of enterprise-grade technologies which are known for being rugged, secure, and all-around reliable for years? Generally, I think it's a good thing. You know, I think really what we're doing is augmenting the, the great enterprise um, aspects that we've brought to devices over the years. There are some areas that I think we need to be conscious of, you know, and, and recognize that just because it makes a difference in the consumer world doesn't mean that it's going to be valuable or, or beneficial in the enterprise world. As an example, gamification is something that I'm always very cautious of. It can be a, a really powerful tool. It can, you know, the, the gamification, you know, when you look at it, at what it's doing, um, it's really pushing into our um, our psychology as humans, right? And um, and the reason why we return to a game, and the reason why that we're motivated to to play more or to compete with our friends and family, you know, that can be a positive thing. But used in the wrong way, could definitely impact a, uh, a workflow. So, you know, um, to the point where it's a distraction. So things like that, those sort of aspects of the consumerization world, we we use and we should use, but we should use with caution. And uh, and that's why thoughtful design is so important. And then on top of that, thoughtful testing and making sure that whatever we design, we test with actual users to make sure that what we assume is going to be a good, valuable feature is making a positive impact on their their workflow or or how they perceive a solution. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. I know from working with you for so many years, James, that you are very much a problem solver. You want to ensure that the technology Zebra delivers to its customers helps them overcome certain challenges. 
and that people with disabilities aren't challenged to take on certain tasks due to limitations that could be imposed by technology tools or the lack thereof. But would you say that all product designers across the tech industry work from that same frame of mind? Are they all setting out to solve problems or do you think that new designs are emerging without any rhyme or reason for the changes? Well, yeah. So you know me, Therese, um, accessibility is definitely a passion of mine. And I truly believe that when we start with the barriers, when we start with thinking about what we can't do from a design perspective, from a problem solving perspective, that the outcome is always better. Um, that's my belief. And I do think that many designers are thinking more and more down that way. You know, the um, design thinking methodology, you know, has a lot of that aspect built into it. Um, and also, I think designers are just more and more empowered now to to think from an accessibility accessibility perspective. Um, and maybe a lot of this is due to the emphasis that inclusion and diversity has globally. You know, enterprises are seeing the value of inclusivity and and why different people bring a different um, aspect to life and uh, and therefore to the the uh, productivity or profitability of a business so designers have been given that you know that option that opportunity to to do what they feel is right and i think many designers do feel empowered to to make a difference um and if we look at some of the technologies that are far more prevalent today than they were in the past um i mean voice control is something that's really really beneficial for um, to, to many people who have disabilities and, um, you know, homes are just, you know, uh, enabled with voice control all over the place now. Uh, cars are, um, even environments, you know, that where we go shopping and, and so on. Um, automatic voiceover on um, computers, on phones, um, that's becoming more and more prevalent. And then there's the standards that that companies are being measured by, um, and actually we're measured by. You know, our customers now are often asking us, you know, what's our position with accessibility, and that is meaning that we, you know, if even if someone was had a little bit of apathy towards designing or or developing solutions with inclusivity in mind, you know, you don't really have a choice. And honestly, that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. With some enterprise technologies like mobile computers starting to get a more consumer look and feel to them, some businesses may wonder why they should still be looking at enterprise grade technology. I know we've had many discussions with customers about the risks versus rewards of choosing a consumer device over an enterprise device, and we could run the numbers all day long to show how the longevity and performance of enterprise devices far exceeds consumer ones. But as a product designer and solution architect, what do you think are the most notable and tangible and intangible benefits of enterprise technology today, regardless of how similar they look? How are the two tech categories still inherently different? Yeah, the you know the reality is is that it does make it more more and more difficult to differentiate um, when people are looking at it from a superficial perspective. You know, hey, this looks very similar to your Google phone or your iPhone or whatever it might be. Um, 
And uh, and again, some of those aspects of the consumer world that we take for granted and we um, and we look for from a consumer, um, we do the same thing in the enterprise world, but we take it to another level. Let me give an example. Um, with our phones, we kind of just want one charger, right? One charger that will charge our headphones, our phone, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so you know, we can charge everything from that little USB-C cable. And we look for a similar kind of thing in the enterprise, but um, it wouldn't be, I, I don't think, you know, just sticking a USB-C connector on the bottom of one of our devices would be um, all around a good thing. If you, I don't know whether you've suffered from the fluff inside your USB-C port as much as I have, but, you know, I put my phone in my pocket, it builds up a bit of lint, and then before you know it, you can't charge your phone. Now, you can get a you know, a little cocktail stick or something, poke it in there, drag that bit of felt out, and uh, and lo and behold, it's working again now. But if you imagine that from an enterprise perspective, you're not going to be asking your users to go and you know find something and poking around inside that hole because you could break it. Um, also, it's time consuming, and so that device ends up being thrown away because it's not charging. Um, and that, that happens quite regularly. But what we do is we we still want that same benefit of having you know just one charging mechanism for all of our devices or whatever it might be but we think about how do you make that robust how do you make that something that is cleanable if it needs to be but isn't going to fail just because it's picked up a bit of lint from the environment that isn't going to fail because it's got some moisture you know made its way in there and it's those small things and that's just an example that's not the only benefit but that sure. thinking, that that way of going, you know, let's take this thing that looks great, that feels great, that operates really well, and let's make sure that it's hardened for the environment. Then layer on top of that all of the great stuff that we do from an additional security perspective and everything that you mentioned before that we can quantify and, and you know, try and make objective to our customers. Um, that does, you know, that does make the difference between a consumer device and an enterprise device. Mm-hmm. When you and your team sit down on day one to start working on a new product design or perhaps focus on refining an existing product to accommodate new customer and market demands, who do you invite to the table? Are you asking the IT leads at customer organizations to join you for a brainstorm, for example, or do you talk to target end users to see what they want and need? Yeah, well, you know, we have changed our thinking over the past you know, a few years, um, and uh, we invite everyone almost, <laughs> you know, everyone's welcome. Um, and we definitely internally, we no longer, you know, rely on on the, the thoughts of the design team and the product management team, you know, um, we we now invite all aspects of the, of the business. That could be IT, like you say, that could also be marketing, it could be supply chain, um, anyone who might be influenced with the overall customer experience we invite and actually you know i'm glad you mentioned customers because we are more and more finding that we are we are either being invited or we're inviting our customers directly into our brainstorm sessions um, to get their perspective you know whether that's through a research study or whether that's through um, the fact that we have a particular area that we're interested in and our customers want to be part of that process. 
So, you know, we, we have to be a little bit careful from an IP perspective, but it makes a difference. And I think our customers really appreciate the fact that we're asking them um, how they can bring their value to the solutions. Mm -hmm. How much does the user experience factor into design decisions versus other considerations such as solution durability and environmental factors? So customers are, um, they're, yeah, the, 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 the buyers in our customers are like us having to change who they, who they look to for value um, in their organizations. So they are also looking at their end users. So, you know, we're doing research with customers end users directly uh, more and more. Uh, we've been doing that for years, but it's, it's definitely taken an additional slant these days. But we have discovered that the buyers in our customers are using their users as a way of validating whether a solution is going to be valuable or not. Um, so that means that we as a company have to understand those users, not just from a design perspective, but also from, a, you know, how do we sell to those users? Because the buyers will have all those answers. They would have already spoken to their users. They know that they need to empower their users. They know that they need to um, uh, find a way to engage with those users, you know, through the way in which it's designed, through the, you know, the, the look and feel of it to make sure that it doesn't put them off and so on. So our salespeople need to be able to talk the talk. They need to be able to speak as if they were those persona within the the organization. Um, and then they'll they'll find that they're making the right decisions. Um, and therefore the custom the customers will see that Zebra Solutions are the are the winning factor. Mm -hmm. James, what will it take to build the business case for enterprise devices, even as they become more consumer-like and look and feel? And how much change management do you think will be required within different levels of enterprises? Well, I think, Teresa, you know, the best thing is to, to think about everything that I've said over our conversation. You know, um, it's thinking about the, the layering of software on top of our, of our hardware solutions, the two things together, the value that that brings. Um, those small but significant differences that we make from an enterprise perspective on top of the devices that you know that makes it um, different from the consumer world, makes it more reliable, makes it more uh, capable of surviving the the the, uh, the tough and rugged environments of our of our customers. You know, even when a customer thinks, oh, you know, it's it's not that rugged in the environment, that repeated. Uh, aspect of day-to-day -day life in the enterprise does make a difference and so if we can when we reduce down the downtime you know that can be caused by a device not being usable um, and the frustration that that applies to the users uh, that makes a big difference so I think the change management is going to be around understanding the uh, the factors that make a difference to the users the um, you know relating that to all those different personas within a, a, a customer's organization and then being able to speak directly to the value of them to the customer and then as designers product engineers you know we have to always put the customer first always put the user of the customer first i should say and 
make sure that we hold ourselves to the highest standards and, and not not fall behind in any way. Right. Well, I hope we can sit back down soon, James, to talk more about this. I'm fascinated with what you do and the level of thoughtfulness you apply to your work. I know we've been receiving rave reviews about the technology solutions Zebra has been delivering to customers lately, and that's a testament to your efforts to bring the user experience to the forefront of design initiatives. So thank you so much. Oh, you're too kind, Therese. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Wonderful. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. If you haven't watched James' TED Talk or you want to listen again, click over to the Your Edge blog and type James Morley Smith into the search bar on the right-hand side of the page. You'll see several blog posts about his discussion, a link to the TED Talk, as well as some behind-the-scenes footage of his road to TED. I'm Therese Van Ryn. Until next time.